0: Good morning, listeners, and you're welcome to this week's Ag Report. I'm Jim Finn. My guest later on this morning will be Bernadette O'Connor from FRS, that's the Farm Relief Service. I will also be talking to Pat McCormack, who is the president of the Irish Creamy Milk Suppliers Association, and my final guest this morning will be Baden Pohl, who is the chairperson of the IFA in. North Tipperary, and we will be talking about the upcoming IFA elections. My first guest this morning is Podrick Costigan from Chagas, and Podrick is signed to the Nina office. We're going to be talking about selective dry cow therapy. Good morning, Podrick, and thanks for joining us.
1: Hi, Jim. Yeah, good morning.
0: Okay, we hear a lot about uh, this dry cow therapy. Can you give my listeners an idea of what is really meant by selective dry cow therapy, Padraig?
1: Yeah, Jim, yeah. So, I suppose, uh, selective dry cow therapy, I suppose, for the last number of years, we've got used to the system of basically drying off our cows, and at the drying off stage, we put in an antibiotic into them first, and then we probably put a teeth sealer in after that to stop bacteria getting in. And that was fine, and it was working, and it is working still, but I suppose we're in a different era now of of, um, of trying to, cut down on the amount of antibiotics we use in in, in every part of farming um, and as well antimicrobial resistance, AMRs, I suppose, as they say, is is becoming an issue out there um, and I suppose everybody's going to be exposed to it at some stage. I suppose he's, he's trying to cut down on the use of these drugs so that when we do need them, that they, they do work. So uh, in the farming side, I suppose there's going to be very little new drugs being used in farming. They're going to keep the, the new the new drugs and the new discoveries for I suppose human use. Therefore, we have to make do with what we have, and maybe make do with less than what we have, because I suppose people are going in for operations, and you'll hear people going in for a simple operation and not recovering from 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 their their operation and getting infections and uh, and the things not working and that. So I suppose we're trying to get over that scenario happening and it is happening out there. So I suppose selective dry cow therapy then moving on is is selecting the cows that we actually give the antibiotic to at drying off and selecting the ones that we don't. So I suppose in a perfect world, we'd love to have everybody milk recording. I suppose Mm there's just over half the herds I suppose, are milk recording. But I suppose that's our starting point to decide what cows should get selective dry cow therapy. So when I talk about selective dry cow therapy, we're just not using any antibiotics in those cows that are drying off now. We're only using a teeth sealer. So we'd love to have people, I suppose, milk recording, and milk recording as close to drying off stage as possible so that we know we have accurate figures on what their cell count are in the herd. So I suppose if, if we run through what the preferred uh, way to tackle this is, was number one, we'd like to be milk recording. Number two, take milk samples of individual cows, as well take samples from the bull tank as well. I suppose, that's to see what, what infections are floating around within the herd and what drugs will be, will be used for them. I suppose, then it's, it's deciding which cows should get this, like, to T-seed or only. So, I suppose, we'll rule out certain cows. So, um, I suppose, certain farms as well. We can rule out farms that maybe don't have enough accommodation. Mm -hmm. Um, 150 cows and and 100 cubicles there. It's not going to work in that place. It's going to be too much stress and too much pressure there. Uh, Poor hygiene there. I suppose individual cows, then cows that don't lie in cubicles, lie on slats. Maybe cows with warts and cows with teeth and damage. All the usual things that you know she is open for infections was more than other ones. We're not going to be using a teat feeder only in them. I suppose after that, then it can. consultations with are vet, mm-hmm. um, setting the bar as regards which cows and which levels of cell count that we can use the t on. So I think most people would probably deem cows that have gotten mastitis during the year and I suppose are, are averaging less than 100,000 or even less than that for the year in all the milk hoardings. Then maybe try some of those for for, for the t only and no antibiotics. Um I suppose when we are talking about antibiotics, we have none going in now. So if we're using a the teeth theatre, we have no antibiotic going in. So I suppose hygiene is massive uh, for this thing to work, because if it doesn't work, it will really go wrong. Um, remember before, if a bacteria or a speck of dirt got in, we were putting an antibiotic in there anyway. So it's probably going to, 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 to cover it up. Um, We've no antibiotic going in there now, just simple teeth either. So if any dirt bacteria gets in there, could have a, a serious problem down there. So I was milk recording, deciding on the cows. Um, I suppose then we're um, drying off these cows. Plenty of help. The normal routine now: wear gloves, torches, milk the cows first thing we we'll go off and have a breakfast or a cup of tea and then come back and decide so we we'll seal these cows rather than trying to do it all on in one go milk and dry off cows because it is a slow job and it's a job you can't make up time on. We're trying to use hygiene. So simple things like clipping the tails, marking the cows, dividing out the cows. Ones that are getting sealer versus ones that are getting an antibiotic and sealer so we'll know them afterwards. Other things too that people find working very well is instead of using the wipes that come with the antibiotics is just using simple things like uh, cotton wool. So, getting rolls of cotton wool in our chemistry or your supermarket, uh, a litre of methylated spirits, throw it to a bowl, um, roll mm-hmm. them into balls the night before, douse them. They find that way better for cleaning cows and disinfecting cows rather than the little sachets that come with them. And it was it, it's all coming back to hygiene massive massive hygiene has to happen with all these I suppose when we have those cows right off then leave them standing in the yard um, just uh, not have them lying down straight away and that's why we don't like to let him back into his shed straight away because obviously we're increasing the risk of infection and as well if they have to go into his shed yes if we had dry weather which we don't probably have at the moment we'd love to let him out into a, a dry field for a few days let him soak up and I suppose uh, hygiene is easier managed out there. So, yeah. So I suppose it's deciding which cows, whether it's for your herd or not, mm-hmm. um, which cows should get it, and don't try to teach it yeah, on too many cows. Like uh, I suggest, if it's your first year at it, maybe ten, fifteen cows out of a hundred, ten, twenty percent of the herd. Dip your toe in the water this year, and maybe try a few more next year. Um, so I also want to point out that uh, if you're not milk hardy. A lot of the COPs are offering a good service there now where they're they, testing new cell count for each individual cow as well to help you. And uh, The other team there, there's plenty of help there, Animal Health Ireland. Yeah. If you Google it, it's a very good website and little videos on, on drying off cows with selective psychotherapy. And what they also have is a system there that you can register for a free vet consultation on it. So it's not too often to get a free vet consultation on cell count. But there is vets around there that have the training done and do provide a, a free service, so you can Google it and there's phone numbers there and you can check it up and see what vets in your area are, are offering. It. Um, so it's a free consultation to, to see whether it fits into your farm or not.
0: Right, so there's a lot involved, uh, much more now than than I thought. But you kept harping back the whole time, Padraig, to cleanliness and making certain sure that everything is as hygienic as possible.
1: Yeah, I suppose hygiene is massive. So the, mm-hmm. the naked eye we can't see we can't see bacteria, but if a cow gets an infection in or other, there's only one way that 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 bacteria got in, and mm-hmm. it's through the teeth end. So it's either through our, our dirty gloves or our arms or our hands or or mm-hmm. um she wasn't properly cleaned. And and she's nothing in there to fight it. Yeah. So if it does go wrong it can really, really go wrong. So someone's saying I suppose be very selective on the few cows that would cry. Don't try too many if it's your first time. Be really sure on the ones that you are using and uh, get plenty of help. Don't try to dry off too many the same day. Don't try to, to to run through the job either because um, if it goes wrong cows can get mastitis during the dry period or they can be shown to to, to, uh, calve down with mastitis as well the following year if if it's not done right so yeah a little bit extra effort put in this time of the year could save you an awful lot of hassle next spring
0: Okay well look at for this morning we'll leave it at that I want to thank you ever so much for joining us that listener was Padre Costigan giving us some good advice about selective dry cow therapy. And if you're drying off in the next couple of weeks, pay attention to everything that Padraig has told us this morning. Listeners, my next guest this morning is Bernadette O'Connor. And Bernadette is with the Farm Relief Service, FRS, in Ross Grey. And Bernadette is with me to talk about Farm Family CPD. Good morning, Bernadette, and thanks for joining us.
2: Good morning, Jim, and thank you very much for for having me on this morning.
0: Okay, good to have you on. Now, Bernadette, would you ever be so kind as to tell my listeners what Farm Family CPD is?
2: Jim, Farm Family CPD is online farm safety training for farm families, Irish farm families and it's it's been developed and designed the, the courses that we have there there's courses to suit all the generations on a farm family so we have courses for for everyone over 12 years of age and and that's a, a novel part of of I suppose the training in that there's courses to suit everybody over 12 years of age on on Irish farms and it's the first time that, that has been available the courses I suppose then you you might say what what is this c p d yeah. so c p d is continuous professional development, and that's really uh, training that is associated with all professions not only in Ireland but but around the world, so it's something as well that that farmers will have in in due course, so um I suppose you would log your your training. And you will get a, a certificate at the end of it as part of your con- continuous professional development.
0: Now, who developed uh, the Farm Family C- CPD then, Amadette?
2: Yeah, to give you the, the, the background on, on it, uh, Farm Family CPD uh, is very kindly funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and Marine under the European Innovation Partnership EIP. So th- there are a number of projects that have been funded under under this initiative, and Farmless Family CPD is is one of them. F- FRS Training, who I work for, made an application on, under this initiative to produce online farm safety. Mm-hmm. We partnered with farm families. Farm families are very much at, at the core uh, of this training. We partnered with the HSA, the Health and Safety Authority, Chagask, IFA, uh, FBD, and also FRS Network. Right. So it was to produce the courses then, um, part of what we had done w- was to go out onto farms. So we had three farm families uh, very much involved in every stage of the development of this, in the initial discovery phase, in development, and in, in the final. I I suppose, key off of the training. So we were out uh, with the cameras Mm -hmm. um, and on farms, on site. And the beauty of one of the many good things about this course is that the participants, if if you log on to take the training, you hear farmers. So it'll be farmers talking to farmers and and very practical and and very real, real stuff.
0: And okay, I know that FRS has been involved in farm safety and running farm safety courses for quite a number of years, you know, starting off with Dockery and uh, going on from there. So how does the farm family CPD differ from the other farm safety training courses that FRS did and indeed anybody else did?
2: Yeah, you're uh, you, you are right, certainly. Uh, FRS have been involved in, in delivering farm safety training for many years. Traditionally, I suppose uh, training would have been classroom based and farmers would have to oh, come into a classroom and, and spend maybe a couple of hours or a morning or a day out of their already busy schedule. So the beauty of of this uh, of Farm Family CPD is that you can sit down at the kitchen table with your family and take the courses at your own pace. So you can do, you can do a half an hour today, uh, you can come back tomorrow, you can come back next week, or you can do the whole lot. So typically it would take you, I suppose, about 45 minutes to an hour. But you know, some people like to take a little bit longer. Because the courses are made up of, as I said, mentioned that there were farmers on video Mm -hmm. and they consist of units uh, with interactive and engaging activities to complete it along the way to keep keep your interest there. And anybody who participates has the opportunity as well to give feedback on the courses and on particular sections. So it's very engaging uh, like that. But the big thing, anyway, is that it's at your own pace. There's something for, for everyone in, in the family, so there's a court there for everyone. Okay. So it's, I okay. suppose, from a time pers- perspective, mm-hmm. which is very much linked with accidents. You know, farmers are rushing, and when I've spoken to farmers out there uh, who've who've had incidents or accidents, and I would say, what was the reason for it? Uh, one, I think the main thing, and in every case... They came back and said, well, I was rushing, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. my head wasn't in it. My my concentration was was somewhere else. So I think that really Mm -hmm. from the time time of the year, this Mm -hmm. training is free until the end of of November. So I would urge your listeners Mm to uh, get online at this stage and try and complete before the end of the month.
0: OK, can I say, ask something to you now? OK, you're talking about courses and I see there are five courses to choose from. Anybody who wants to avail of doing the course for the next month. So can you outline the five
2: uh, courses
0: for me and who they're aimed at? I, I can, of course.
2: Um, so as I mentioned already, the the unique part of this is that there is a course for everybody over 12 years of age on the farm Mm -hmm. so we have a course for farm principals which would be the main person who's doing the farming we have a course for over 65s so for grandparents on the farm or farmers who are over 65 we have a course for 12 to 16 year olds there's a course there for employees or other family members who were not necessarily paid on the farm. And then there's, of course, for everybody, for uh, livestock machinery and buildings and how farmers engage with, I suppose, its essential safety for everyone living and working on the farm and how you engage throughout your your daily work and, and life on the farm with livestock machinery and buildings.
0: Bernadette, I'm a farmer. I'm a, very, mm-hmm. I'm a very busy person and the first question that I would be asking you what's in it for me the farmer
2: what's in it in it for you mm. well I suppose the whole aim of of farm family CPD is to bring about slowly but surely a culture change towards farm safety it would be great to see all generations learning together and influencing each other to develop a better farm safety culture. So I think if you're the farmer, um, depending, I suppose, how many generations you have, you know, like typically out out there, if, if mm-hmm. you have a farm with two generations today, yeah. in 10 years, in 10 years time, that's going to be probably a three generation family. And accidents occur in, in, the, in the older age groups and in, in the younger age groups. And I suppose, you know, to have that, that sense of, of, well, there's a responsibility for everybody on the farm. You're the farmer, you have that responsibility to your family and everybody who comes on the farm. So you have, you have the training that's going to maybe slowly but surely bring about that, that culture change. Because there's an influence. You have the younger generation and the older generation. It's going to be topical. It's Mm -hmm. going to be a topic at the the kitchen table. And hopefully then that the influencing will be there. So for you, then you you come away. And I suppose, you know, even talking to your family about farm safety, that's going to be a good thing. That's a very positive thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing, it's free. Um, the only thing that it will cost you is a little bit of of, of your time mm-hmm. to sit down uh, to sit down for a, an hour um, when you're not too busy.
0: Okay, so you say it's free and it it can all be done in my own house or in any farmer's house. So, what can my listeners do to get access to this online training?
2: Uh, very simple. Yep, there are three simple steps. So you can register for free at www.farmfamilycpd.ie. In, within 24 hours, we'll send you logon on details to access the courses. So part of your registration, you would pick your role on the farm, whether you're the farm principal or you're a family member, if you're a 12 to 16-year-old, and we'll send you the relevant course. And then so finally, you take the training at your your own pace. So three very simple steps, and and don't forget to to log on www.farmfamilycpd.ie
0: Okay, well look at Bernadette, it's a very novel program. Congratulations to Farm Relief Services Training for coming up with this piece of training uh, for safety on the farm, and I sincerely hope that a lot of my listeners this morning will. Uh, take up your offer of it free for the month of November. And again, thank you ever so much for joining us. That listeners was Bernadette O'Connor from uh, the Farm Relief Services Training Division.
2: Thank you very much, Jim. And uh, we can take all the credit at FRS. Uh, Very much farm families were at the core of this and our partners as well in HSA, Chuggas, FPD and the IFA and Everest Network. Thank you very much.
0: Listeners, my next guest this morning is Pat McCormack, who is the president of the Irish Creamy Milk Suppliers Association. And some of you may have read in this week's Farmers Journal that milk prices are beginning to harden and who better than to talk about milk prices than the President of the Irish Creamy Milk Suppliers Association. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Jim, and good morning to your listeners. Now, Pat, since I spoke to you last, there has been quite a movement with regard to milk prices. What's the undercurrent behind all that?
3: Well,
4: I suppose it's, it's, it's very hard. I to know, I suppose market sentiment certainly and the anticipation of a reduction in global supply um, seems to have stimulated the market. I suppose to fair to say in simple terms, Jim, that the market has bottomed out and that the buyers, the purchasers out there um, know that, you know, to onwards and upwards the price is and We've certainly seen a significant move in the Dutch quotations and the global trade auction, um, which, you know, has resulted in a Degree of optimism out there amongst Irish dairy farmers for the spring of 2024, and that's really, I suppose, what we're talking about now because certainly the dairy supply year for 2023 is in meltdown with, with weather conditions. But you know, when you see the likes of Kerry and indeed Lakelands coming out with 39.5 cents uh, of a fixed price uh, for the summer months of 2024 and 40 and a half uh, for the winter months. It's a far cry from where we were a number of weeks ago, um, but at the same time, you know, we'd want to keep our feet on the ground with our costs there. Um, but it's 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 a very very welcome development, and hopefully we'll see further strengthening of the marketplace in the coming weeks. Because I do believe, Jim, that you know across Europe we're going to see a significant reduction in supply. I mean, figures here in this country would be talking about anywhere between 12 and 18% uh, of a reduction week on week. So that's going to be reflected in in the marketplace with a a tightening of supply for product. And, you know, hopefully that will stimulate demand because it's all about supply and demand.
0: Now, I suppose it's been a difficult year to, uh, you know, if we come back home here to Ireland. At the beginning of the springtime, you had that very dry period. Grass wasn't growing. So, again, yields were back. And as you quite rightly said, uh, the last month has been absolutely horrific, and a lot of the dairy herds in the country are now in already, and that's we're only talking about the first week in November.
4: We are, and you know, a number of phone calls there in recent days from farmers too, looking to see if 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 they could acquire silage or, or what was the best mm-hmm. route to go, because there is a quantity of silage used, uh, and we are only in the first days in November. And and that's a huge concern there. are A number of farmers, I suppose, on heavier soils that have cows housed maybe two weeks and and ultimately the entire herd dry. So, you know, all that's that's going to have an impact. Uh, There's a huge quandary out there about slurry storage. And, uh, you know, in particular, maybe Tipperary wasn't that badly affected, but um, certainly, you know, flooding and flooding of of farm sheds, including the filling of slatted tanks, uh, has been a huge issue across... Monster, and indeed in more recent times um, across uh, the county out as well. So, you know, there are huge challenges out there and certainly the weather isn't um, the weather of old. Um, we have to reflect, I suppose, on, on where that's going in the coming weeks and, and years ahead as well, Jim.
0: You mentioned the storage of slurry. But another thing that is on the minds of farmers at the moment, and that is the new regulations with regard to the storage of soiled water.
4: Yeah, that that that's a huge issue, Jim. Um, you know, farmers can't be out the fields come the 10th of December or the 11th of December um, spreading soiled water. That's prohibited right through to the 1st of January 2024. So there's a three-week period there. Um, you know, that wasn't in place in the past. Uh, you know, I suppose farmers have to get their heads around that uh, in the coming weeks and indeed over the winter period and in conjunction with their advisor to see whether they need to apply to Thames for additional storage uh, or whether they can identify a tank uh, under the current storage on farm, uh to be utilised for style water. But, you know, I suppose... <coughs> It's a no, no come the 11th of, of December uh, as regards being out the field, sort of the fields that the on sorry things, but inside water.
0: And I presume then that from the point of view of your members, the uh, giving extra dates for the spreading of, we'd say, farmyard manure, that was welcome, but really didn't get spreading weather since.
4: No, no we didn't. And, um, you know, I suppose the most recent announcement by the Minister where, Fermiab manure that's stored outdoors can, can be left there till the opening uh, commences in 2024 is to be welcomed. Um, but we have had hugely challenging uh, conditions. Mm-hmm. Obviously we were lobbying the Minister strongly during the Brown match uh, and he indicated at that time that there'd be an additional week and then we got another additional week but week after week uh, the weather conditions were far from ideal for, for moving out on the land and you know, I suppose the one message that needs to be learned from the year is the slurry needs to be get out as early as possible in the calendar year, and um, you know before first cut silage, after first cut silage, and definitely after second cut silage to clear the tanks because, you know, we have had a, a horrendous back end as
3: you've alluded to.
0: Right, and of course we seem to be getting more rain falling than was normal, we'd say, back uh, 10 years ago. And I see all the experts are putting it down to climate change in particular. But look, at let's, I suppose, finish this interview, Pat, on a positive note. It's been a pretty good... 10 days uh, with the releasing of money for the BIS and I see during this week we had the releasing of money for the environmental issues.
4: The the, the eco scheme yes indeed. The eco scheme yeah. Those farmers that were were fortunate enough to receive them. Um, We would have I suppose a lot of farmers held up uh, for a variety of reasons maybe the transfer of entitlements or, or whatever the case may be late applications. Uh, but certainly it is making its way through, and it's it's very, very welcome right across the sectors, uh, albeit, I suppose, for some farmers, there's a, there's a significant enough cost with convergence, etc. Um, mm. But, you know, it, it is timely, um, and, and you know, hopefully it can be followed up now on the 1st of December with the balance in payments, because it's absolutely critical to the cash flow of farmers, um, you know, over here and of delays in paying the second month to your grass and we're hearing contractors giving out as well that there's a lot of work done a long period of time uh, and finding it challenging to be paid. So look, it's all about backing down the hatches now and, and getting through and we've met with some of the financial institutions during the week uh, as late as this week and uh, certainly they are there to, to put their shoulders to the wheel and with short-term facilities for farmers that may find themselves stretched um, during the winter that we face in
0: you expect that some farmers would be stretched because of the early start
4: Uh, yes indeed stretched in every way Um, Mm -hmm. and when we say stretched in every way shot tight on fodder Um, also you know tight financially because they're paying the tax liabilities of 2022 which was a reasonably good year um, across a variety of sectors and, uh, you know, that's adding to the financial pressure that's out there. But obviously, you know, those that have had to buy and continue to try and source silage um, in the months ahead, that's going to put pressure on their financial system as well. And, you know, the banks are saying that they're there and to talk to them in time, don't don't leave it. Um, don't leave it. The problem becomes a large one to, to move in time and that they'll facilitate in any way they can. You know, because obviously they know and they've dealt with Farmers and, and their previous generations in those families, um, and you know that they've been understanding their right consultants of the difficulties associated with 2023.
0: Okay, finally, you have an AGM coming up shortly.
4: We have indeed on, on Friday the 17th of November. The notice is, is heading out at, at this point in time. Um, you know, an interesting line up there with the Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McConnell, with the T. Shuckley of Redcarn, with the, the, the environmental minister uh, and Green, Green Party leader, uh, Eamon Ryan, So certainly there's food for thought there in, in those three speakers on the day. And, you know, we'd encourage people to <coughs> contact the office at John Feely House uh, in the coming days to book themselves a place.
0: OK, well, look at Pat. Thanks very much for joining me this morning. That listeners was Pat McCormack the president of the Irish Cream Milk Suppliers Association, bringing, bringing us up to date on uh, the hardening of milk prices, which is good news for farmers. And, of course, we hit a few other topics there as well. Listeners, my next guest this morning is the chairperson of the IFA in North Tipperary, baden Pole, And Baden is with me uh, to talk about a few issues. Good morning, Baden, and thanks very much for joining us. Good morning, Jim. Good to have you back. It's been a while since you and I have a chat and there's been a lot of water, and I suppose I shouldn't have put it in that fashion this morning, given all the water that we have had over the past couple of weeks. But a lot of water has passed under the bridge since you and I had a chat. So let's take it up some of the things that have happened since the two of us last had a chat. Yeah,
3: well, a lot happened, a lot, um, and the name Horse and Jockey is very uh, prominent in uh, what has happened. The, and, um, first of all, there was the kind of impromptu where we had the protest, Jim, um, in um, the Horse and Jockey at the Fianna Fáil Tinkin, and that and that was a very successful uh, protest. I don't know how that came out to the to the public, but it, it it was a very very forceful and the timing of it was how it all happened that morning mm-hmm. and how um, we, we we got to meet um Antonishte and the minister for Ag- agriculture and uh there ha- just happened to be that there was a huge support from uh the feed industry and agricultural suppliers with trucks and tractors. And uh, just as they came out to meet our president, Tim Cullinan, uh, the noise levels of all the horns and everything was very, very intimidating. And it, uh, worked, it was very successful in, in, in bringing uh, everyone to the table for talks. Um, and uh, there was a huge, you know, it, it was a huge element of surprise in it. And I, I, I felt a little bit sorry for Fianna Fáil, really, because it was, you know they didn't get much time to think because the following week, uh, we went on to uh, Limerick to the Fine Gael Tinkin, and um, you know, there was a huge security working left near the you know, net, net inside the hotel or anything. Um, but Fine Gael and and um, the Taoiseach had time to um, you know, to invite people in and and, and you know, he did his homework, he had time to have his homework done. So, and that ended up uh, being very successful. The whole, you know, the marriage of the two, if you like mm-hmm. to say, was, was a very successful protest. And that all happened in the horse and jockey. Um, and, um, the, the, why, why, and then to follow on from that, uh, the hustings the for Tipperary was, for the presidential campaign, um, was... I think it was the second or third night of them. It was early on in the campaign anyway uh, for the President Francie Gorman and between Francie Gorman and Martin Stapleton and the Vice President between Alice Doyle and Pat Murphy and we had a packed house. There was great support um, in the jockey that night and um, there was great debate and people got a chance to listen to the candidates
0: Um so that, 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 that was all, Jim. OK, and uh, the big issue on the night, uh, I suppose, is still in the news, and that okay. is uh, sale of land in temporary. Oh, well, as big as it was that night, I think it's got bigger since. <laughs> 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 uh, it
3: was, there was, a, that was the one that, that um, I can't remember the speaker that brought it up. Um, yeah, but... Um, or it came from the floor. I know that. To, yeah. It came, um, yeah.
0: came from the floor, yeah.
3: It came from um, the floor. and and um it was the problems that um the farmers of Tipperary are are having um in, 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 in trying they're being outbid by the uh the
0: bigger players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. But anyway, and at, at least was something different coming up because the other hustlings wouldn't have had the same element to talk about now of course following on then from the meeting in the Jockey and there has been hustings throughout the country but we're now down we're now into November when voting starts so what have you to say about that
3: well voting um, starts next Monday night the first branch mm-hmm. I think is where came. Uh, I just might take a step back first right, okay. what also happened in the meantime was we had the regional meeting executive in the Abbey court and uh, that it's now passed. And we, we did, we voted for the Munster chair. That was the officers mm-hmm. and the branch, all the branch officers had their vote and there was two excellent candidates, Connor O'Leary and Mark Connors of Waterford. Mm-hmm. And the feedback I got was very, very positive. And um, people just felt reassured, you know, for the future at the caliber of these two candidates, um, and yeah, it it, was, it just it got de- heated, and there was a good ding dong between them, and it made the night interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that that was um, that was
0: good. Uh, yeah,
3: that, that passed. But now, just to go on about why why we really talk today, is the voting is about to start uh, for the presidential campaign, and uh, it's it's a change format this year and there is where usually you would get your voting card and you go up to your local branch and we are encouraging people to do that to keep the branch structure alive because the branch is very important if there is any issues or trouble in the area or things need to be tackled it's very good to have your local branch active um so but there is also the the choice of putting your uh, voting paper in the post uh, ticking your boxes and putting it in the post so you you've you a, you've a you've a, you have a, a, a choice of vote now you, you have to do one or the other you you're not mm-hmm. allowed to uh, send up uh, you know a family sender, five voting papers at one person mm-hmm. uh, each person has to go to the branch and vote um you know, no one's allowed to go around collecting votes either and intimidate people if that's if that was thought of, um, you know, in the past. But um, the people have, and I think it's going to mean it's going to bring out a big percentage vote. Um, you know, people mm-hmm. will 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 put their if they don't want to go to the branch meeting, they will put their ballot paper in the post, and um, I think it's going to bring out a big turnout.
0: When then does the counting what day is the counting going to take place in December? Uh, Jim, you have me there. Okay, <laughs> I'll okay. I sh- let you
3: know I'll know I haven't that in, uh, I,
0: I I I'll check it up and well you'll check it up. I will I, I will of course. I heard that you have been out in Europe and that you did a bit of travelling and you have some interesting observations about farming in some of our EU member states.
3: Yeah, indeed. Uh, Jim, uh, I think I may in my first interview here. Uh, I, I might have let people know that I farmed one time for a winter in Denmark milking mm-hmm. cows, but uh, this time I was out in Europe with a horse. Uh, but I'm going to leave that aside and speak about um, I just found it very educational driving around because we did a lot of driving uh, through the countryside and through the rural areas. And I um, in both belgium germany and holland and i just thought um they're you know sometimes in ireland here we give out about what europe is doing but they're farming to a very high standard That they, they seem to be farming intensively um, and and um, they've had their nitrates caught a good few times um so you know maybe maybe we could learn from them and um, as to what they're doing um and not now not promoting it you know mm-hmm. we we're, we're we're fighting as as much as we can, but I'm just saying that I was pleasantly surprised to see farmers uh being so industrious um, mm-hmm. and mixed cropping that that was just the use of the land and I'd say they have they've come up with different things like maybe growing um you know uh, maybe a three or four meter or five meter um you know grass crop around the edges of maize fields and you know it's maybe you know maybe it's to mm-hmm. contract runoff and different things um so, so all that caught my eye and I I just uh, I just felt um you, you know it was it was very positive um and um that was it
0: okay uh. that's fine then your message then to uh the members of the IFA in uh both north uh, your own part of the Uh, County and in south uh, county and the south of the county, uh, your message to them this morning. Now that the voting has just about begun, my message to them is to get out and vote, and um, put your your
3: favourite candidate forward. Uh, Be thinking on the lines of, you know, whatever is important to you. But get out and vote, and don't be looking back in a few years' time and saying, oh. You know to be given out because it was actually um it came up in the in the Munster chair uh, mm-hmm. debate uh over over some of the um that a lot of the issues that we have now and the pen let's say we call them penalties and mm-hmm. all the little things that we have an axe to grind with that we say is coming from europe a lot of them were just done as minor side deals on maybe a bigger issue and, you know, people, politicians or whoever fought for some big campaign and then to make the deal there was this, you know, little small mm-hmm. thing brought in and, and that. so we're we're fighting now issues that were brought in as side deals maybe seven years ago when people didn't think that'd be important you know, they said, Ash, you're going to get a lead in now for, mm-hmm. you know, this won't come in for ten years and people agreed to it and I think we have to be a lot more careful as to all the little side deals that are agreed to when when we're fighting a big campaign, Uh, whether it's IFA or the politicians, national or European. Um, So I'd be inclined to say, get your vote in. Don't have any regrets to be given out about who's who's in for the next four years. Uh, Get out and vote for your favourite candidate.
0: Okay, well, look at Baden. Thanks very much for joining me this morning. That listeners was Baden Pohl, uh, who is the chairperson of the IFA in North Tipperary. Thank you, Jim. That listeners is Ag Report for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll join me at the same time next week. Coming up next is the news at 10 o'clock. And after that, Eamon the Wire presents. Down your way.